Well, hello and welcome to Binge Watch, the podcast where we take a look at the hottest new TV and film releases on streaming television platforms. I'm Hannah Fernando, the group editor of Woman and Home and Woman Magazine. And I'm Ian McEwen, writer on TV Times, TV and Satellite Week and What's on TV magazines. And today we're looking at the new releases for the week starting Friday the 3rd of March 2023, including the Barcelona-set UK TV crime drama The Diplomat, starring Sophie Randall, and Spencer Matthews' moving Disney Plus documentary, Finding Michael. And we'll also be checking out fictional 1970s rock band Daisy Jones and the Six in a new prime video drama series and a Netflix comedy special from Staff Let's Flats star Jamie Dimitri. But first, Ian, what is in the news? The Apple TV Plus drama Lazarus will feature Tom Hardy as a serial killer who is imprisoned in a psychiatric unit. What else is in the news, Hannah? Well, Matthew McFadden is joining Nicole Kidman in Prime Video's twisty thriller, Holland, Michigan, about a woman who suspects her husband is having an affair. A very good week this week. I am pleased to say we're going to kick off on UK TV, specifically Alibi. It's a new drama series called The Diplomat. And here's a clip. So you worked at the El Faro restaurant with Jay Sutherland? Yeah, but we were booked to cater at the party on the yacht that night. And how was Jay? Jay was Jay. He was always positive and, like, buzzing off what to do next. What was the nature of your relationship? Just mates. So I was very lucky, Hannah. This was my first post-lockdown trip abroad, was to go on set in Barcelona for this one. But... <laughs> Ironically, when we arrived, they said, oh, guess guess where we're filming today? The airport. Anyway, (laughs) we went back to the airport. But never mind. It's set in Barcelona. The diplomat of the title is the British consul, played by Sophie Rundle. You may have seen her in things like Jamestown, Peaky Blinders, Gentleman Jack. She's great. I'm a big fan of hers. So she is the British consul. She's got a team around her at the consulate. And their job revolves around assisting what they call DBNs, distressed British nationals. So it could be people who've lost their passport or gone in trouble with the police. You get the picture. The kind of story across the whole series revolves around a bereaved father, Colin Sutherland, played by Danny Sapani. And he arrives in Barcelona because his son, who was working as a barman on a luxury yacht, has been found dead and it looks as though he's drowned after being in a jet ski accident. But he suspects, the father suspects, foul play. We meet the team at the consulate and there's also a new boss called Sam Henderson. He's played by Stephen Cree. He arrives in episode one and he immediately rubs Sophie Rundle's character, Laura, the consul, up the wrong way. So yeah, we're going to get the the main story about the the death of this young man, which which may or may not be suspicious, and the, the new boss who is there's more to him than meets the eye. That's all I will say. The colleagues at the consulate, um, there's Alba played by Serena Mantegi and Carl played by Dylan Brady. They have quite a nice working relationship. So yeah, it's a beautiful setting. You also get stories of, of other Brits who are in Barcelona for whatever reason. For, for instance, in episode one, there's a hen party from Wales who have a run-in with a mugger. So it's a beautiful backdrop. 
I'm a big fan of Rundle, but I'd say her character is very kind of normal, if you like. She almost could be doing any job. Um, she's almost like a bit of an every woman. It's got much more grit to it than something like, let's say, I don't know, Death in Paradise, which is kind of like a murder mysteries in, in another beautiful sunkist location. I didn't think it was fantastic, but I did enjoy it. And yeah, I do want to find out what happened to this young man. It's got a good cast, I must say. I didn't absolutely love it. But I did enjoy it. What did you think, Hannah? I'm sneezing. <laughs> I can't stop sneezing. Okay. Sorry. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> um, I, I know what you mean. I, I feel like there was promise with this and it, it should have perhaps been... A, I think that's the problem. I think the bar was set high in my mind and didn't necessarily meet it. There's nothing wrong with it, but there's nothing actually to completely love about it. It was kind of my... Um, summary of it all I mean like you said set in Barcelona I'm sorry you only got to see the airport but obviously um, the whole kind of setting <laughs> is absolutely lovely um, and I think that yeah Sophie Rundle in a way the character I suppose the fact that she's just very normal makes it quite relatable and again it's probably mm. not what you'd imagine so I, I mean I, I I enjoyed it I, I just feel that um I don't know, I think it could it could give a bit more, but I, I certainly think that it's it's interesting. Um and I think I just I went in with the bar set a bit too high. Yeah, and she made a good point when she chatted to us about the series, which is that often the female leads in a show like this, they have to have some kind of quirk like they're they're you know, they're perhaps they're really tough or masculine or whatever, or, or slightly unbalanced. So it's nice to see a female lead who 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 isn't in, in some way quirky it's just someone who is really good at their job and and can actually get on with people and relate to them so yeah I think that's a fair point I guess I suppose as also they show Barcelona in um, a slightly different light as well not necessarily just all the kind of lovely you know places you travel and what have you you do see that that slight edge to it I guess um, which is quite interesting well we're going back in time for our second offering courtesy of Prime Video, Hannah, you're going to tell us about a new drama series called Daisy Jones and the Six. But first, here's a clip. I don't even know why we're doing this. It's not a duet. Billy, you wrote a good song, not a great one. Did you guys want to record something or fight more? I'm fine either way. Okay, let's get this uh, started. This is Honeycomb, take one. This is just, I don't really know where to start, um, but because when I started to watch this, I was really, as my children would say, confuzzled um, <laughs> because <laughs> it felt like it's, it's, it's like a documentary. It's so real. It's not, it's not long before you're believing that this 1970s folk rock band actually existed um, because it feels so credible. So essentially, this follows um, the meteoric rise of this rock band, Daisy and the Six. Um, but you kind of, one minute you're with them on tours, you sort of see how they got together. It kind of goes through various um, you know, parts of their life. And then the next minute you're going back to the documentary where these people in are slightly older and they're being interviewed. And as I say, it's really, I found it really convincing, but at the beginning it, it, it did blow my mind a little bit. Um, so we've got the, the two um, lead singers who are fairly troubled in their own right. He's, um, he's married um, or he has, he has a partner, I should say, and a daughter. 
goes off on tour. Incredibly beautiful people is just something else I would say. Uh, incredibly beautiful people. Um, and then you've got his sort of singing wife, if you like, the singing partner in Daisy. And I guess we all imagine what a rock band's life would be like, not just on the road, but kind of after gigs and and the kind of the, the, the perhaps the demons that they fight and the, the, the misuse of drugs, perhaps. And this is all of that in spades and more. <laughs> it really is. And it, and it follows them. And then, you, as I say, you, you kind of then you jump out a bit and you, uh, you, you, you're there being interviewed, talking about that time. So for me, it captured me very after after losing the confusion. Um, you, you get captured very quickly, engaged very, very quickly. And I think it is really, really interesting. And I, I've never been in a rock band, but I imagine that this is how it was. And, and I think probably working in the industry or with celebrity, just seeing how sudden stardom, huge fame and fortune, um, what that's usually coupled with, um, you know, infighting, addiction, heartache, all those things. So you go on a bit of an emotional roller coaster too. You see all the bystanders, um, the partners being hurt along the way, and it, it's, um, yeah, I, I, I found it. I thought it was just a really interesting premise, and I think it really worked. Of course, it was based on a book, but if, if you're anything like me, you kind of think, are you sure? This seems quite real. <laughs> Ian, what did you think? I really liked it. I mean, this could this is tailor-made for me, all about 70s rock music. Yeah, I like that framing device that you mentioned because we see so many rockumentaries for real on TV where they have people doing talking heads, remembering, you know, telling the story of the band, and that's exactly what happens here. I actually think this would work really well as a, like a standalone movie, to be honest. Mm. But... Um, yeah, it's uh, Claflin, Sam Claflin, who plays Billy Dunn, who's a front man. He looks a bit like, he's a kind of bit Jim Morrison-esque, isn't he? And, and we're at, it starts around that time of people like the Doors and the Birds. So he really looks the part. And of course, Riley Keough is the granddaughter of Elvis Presley. Yes. Yes, indeed. Good fact. So what you've got to get right in these things the music's got to be good, which it is, and it's original music, but you also hear some of the classic stuff from, from the 70s. And the cast have to be convincing in their singing and their playing. And they are, like they all learned their instruments and the vocals are good. So it's got that kind of sun-kissed Kodachrome home video look from the 70s as we follow. So so Billy grows up in Pittsburgh. He's got a troubled home life like his dad disappeared when he was quite young and he ends up going with the band to LA to try and get a record deal meanwhile Daisy well she's renamed herself Daisy her, her name is actually Margaret she grew up in LA but she's kind of got a pretty yeah a pretty unhappy home life her mum's quite cruel to her but but she's quite wealthy but just sort of emotionally sort of deprived and she grows up going to places like the whiskey a go-go and seeing all these all these great bands playing so yeah it slightly reminds me of the film i refer to a lot almost famous which is about a 70s rock band on tour and yeah i i absolutely loved it and the author of the book did say that she'd kind of been inspired by Fleetwood Mac, you know, the relationships within the band and the addiction problems. And, and as you say, it's sort of like 
within the band, there's a great attraction between Billy and Daisy. And of course, this makes his wife, you know, very unhappy, unsurprisingly. So the gigs look great. The music is good. Everybody's beautiful. Everyone's everyone's hedonistic. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's a. Uh, I think the '70s backdrop is brilliantly done. The music is great. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. Next up, over on Disney Plus, we're going to look at a new documentary called Finding Michael. And here's a clip. I hate the picture. All I see is a young man in the process of losing his life. Michael was my big brother. Michael Matthews from Fulham became the youngest Briton to conquer Mount Everest. He was left alone on the mountain. It's an awful way to die. So this is uh, something rather different. Spencer Matthews, people may know him, I guess, from Made in Chelsea. Uh, he also was the winner of the Channel 4 winter sports competition, The Jump. Well, he's the face of this fascinating, a very moving documentary because his older brother, Michael, was 22 when he became the youngest Brit to reach the summit of Mount Everest. This was in 1999. But he disappeared on the descent and he was never seen again. Okay. So Spencer, after receiving a, a photograph that, that possibly could indicate where his brother's body is on the mountain, and there are a lot of bodies up there because people die on Everest every year, because it's now possible to recover bodies from Everest, he decides to put a team together, go to Everest, and try and recover his brother's body and bring him home basically to the family so they can grieve properly and have you know a proper funeral and so on so I mean I've not really watched Made in Chelsea or The Jump I'll be honest but I, I did a bit of googling and a bit of youtubing and yeah he plays he, he's almost a bit of a pantomime villain in that show isn't he and he, I, I wouldn't say he comes across particularly well but I, he really impressed me in this I, I thought he he did a great job of fronting this he goes to base camp and these very experienced mountaineers go up but they only have these brief kind of weather windows so it's it, there's a lot of jeopardy there and he's waiting down at base camp the communication is not great and the, you know are they going to find her? there's a few possibilities that they go to investigate what's going to happen i'm not going to reveal what happens at the end of the film but it's very 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 moving and it's also hugely informative it's the best thing i've seen in terms of explaining how you actually do attempt to get to the summit of everest it's and and yeah it, it's really well made i think hugely moving we hear from the family we hear from one of the climbers who was with spencer's brother uh when he when he died but he obviously survived the 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 attempt on the summit um so yeah i was really pleasantly surprised by this and and really impressed i must say what did you think of it hannah yeah i agree so unlike you i didn't have to google it because i've been there every step of the way <laughs> with spencer <laughs> um which says a lot more about me than it does you to be fair um but yeah you're right he was a pantomime villain and i think we all kind of i mean that's how we we got to know him and i would completely concur with you in as much as it it it's so 
even though this has happened in 99 it's so raw it's so it's so painful for this family and I think that he comes across incredibly well and he's just grown up hasn't he I mean that's really the bottom line he's grown up and he's doing something very very different to what he started doing and um this is just such a I think it's heartbreaking really I think it's just so sad and you say you you learn so much um Bear Grylls is in there too isn't he um I suppose expert help required and needed. Um, it's really dangerous. I have no idea how many people died um, on Everest. It felt incredibly authentic, which of course it should. But when you make a something like this, it, it might not. It might feel like you're sort of capitalising on something terrible, but it, it didn't feel like that in, in any way at all. It was absolutely a family trying to find some peace. And um, yeah, really worth a watch. Okay, we're going to finish on Netflix with a new comedy special that actually arrived on Tuesday the 28th of February. It's called A Whole Lifetime with Jamie Demetrio. And here's a clip. Don't see. Yeah, all right. Why is your mum tweeting about us? What? My mum? Yeah. What, on Twitter? Yeah, listen, there's a problem with my son's generation. Him and his girlfriend have been rotting in bed all summer. I don't hear them laughing or enjoying themselves. Right, so as you'd imagine, this is a comedy. <laughs> He's a BAFTA-winning comedian, um, actor and writer, and it, this is a bit of a special. So um, this is, it's, again, a slightly difficult one to kind of articulate because... He takes viewers on this journey from birth to death, but through sketches and songs. There's just some really random sketches, and some I find much funnier than others. And, you know, I sort of whizzed through this, so I saw a couple of them. And um, some of them are a lot funnier to me than others, but they're, you can almost, you know, it, there's, there's something for everyone, is what I'd say, in every sketch. I'll be mean, something you relate to, I guess, is what I'm, what I'm saying. Um, so he's joined by his Stack Rents Flats co-stars, Katie Wicks, Ellie White and Keel Smith. I know, I think that's how you pronounce that surname. Um, the teenagers in the bedroom one is, is really is really quite funny. Um, and as I say, you, there's another one. It's a Love Island spoof. That's, that, that is funny, actually. They all, it's, it's done in a, a sort of um, mock Tudor house. They all run out the back. Um, not wearing an awful lot and literally just spoof the whole the whole thing on Love Island and even down to the movements, the way they talk and the way they move their mouth, absolutely everything is so like actual Love Island. It's it's really quite funny. So for me there are there are there are bits that I found funnier than others, but I think there is something for everyone and uh, very funny. What do you think Ian? I really liked it. I, I think every so often a highly original comedy talent comes along and Jamie Demetrio certainly is that um, and I mean you know anyone else well there's so many great characters in this special there's a particularly good one uh, it's a best man arranging a stag do and it's just it's it's desperate it's toe curling but very very <laughs> funny and and his sketches go in very unexpected directions as well like as you say suddenly people burst into these really weird songs. Um, so I think anyone else would say, okay, well, we can actually keep revisiting these sketch characters and just get, you know, get a whole series out of it. But um, so I don't know if he will go back. There's one, as you say, that he kind of goes from 
birth to death you see and it's linked by pictures of him as he is now but kind of in the womb you know with an umbilical cord it's quite <laughs> funny but um yeah there's one character who's a he's a father of young children he's at a barbecue with friends and his sort of his character trait is he he keeps trying to sort of grab people by the throat and then he sings this weird song it's just that no one else i can't imagine anyone else coming up with this kind of stuff and it's it's there's a really high laugh rate i would say it's it's very very good and um yeah i cannot wait to see what he does next we've got to that time hannah where i ask you what the heck have you been uh, binging on this week well it's been rather a busy week um but i did sit down to enjoy anton deck's saturday night takeaway which always makes me laugh and i think it is absolutely brilliant family television so there we go how about you there's a rather good real-life crime documentary called Murdow, or is it Murdo, Murders, A Southern Scandal. It's a three-parter. I'm not going to give too much away, but it involves a death on a boat uh, and the murders of two people in the same family. That's all I'll say. But it has been in the news recently because I think the court case is going on at the moment, so it's very topical. Worth a look. Now, we've just got time to look ahead to what we're going to be talking about next week, Hannah. So what's coming up well Peyton List plays a dead student looking for her killer in Disney Plus's supernatural teen drama School Spirit and Idris Elba returns Woo-hoo! yes in a thrilling Luther film spin-off starring Andy Serkis as a twisted billionaire so we very much look forward to those and more but in the meantime keep watching, watching.